Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Well, um, I am just so excited to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. Um, I really felt like God was speaking something to me. And um, and I'm going to piggyback off what Zach was preaching on last week. And I want to talk about friendship with the Holy Spirit this morning. And um, so are you guys ready for the word of the Lord? Father, I thank you so much for what you have for every person in this room. I thank you for hearing ears, and I thank you, God, that, that you would just um, just anoint the words I say. Let them be what you want them to be. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I asked my son. I wanted to kind of do some mom fails, and I have so many of them. And so I asked one of my kids. I kind of already blew it. But I asked one of my kids, the one that's the most honest with me, who has no shame, who will throw me under the bus because he just, he doesn't, he just does, no, no shame. He doesn't care. He'll tell me everything right away. So I'm like, okay, tell me some of my mom fails that I can actually share with people. So, um, because, you know, there's like the ones that you can share and then, then there's the ones that you can't, like the funny things that my daughter wouldn't share. Thank you, Sarah, for covering the covering of the Lord. Um, so there was a couple funny stories, but one I remember, um, my Josiah, who's 15 now, was just a little tiny baby, and um, I remember this time where he was super quiet, and when a little baby is quiet, sometimes you have to worry more than when they're loud, and so I'm like, what is he doing? And so I, I go in the living room, and I find him, and he's naked in the living room, chewing on a piece of pizza crust. No big deal. It's not like a Lego. I mean, he's not going to, you know, it's not going to hurt him. And then, so I'm watching and I'm like, oh, he's good. He's fine. And then I thought, I don't remember the last time we ate pizza. Like it could have been weeks ago. So yeah, ew is right. That was nasty. I didn't take it from him because he was happy. Uh, Another time I remember, um, (laughs) I... I remember sitting at the table with all my kids, and I was pregnant with Layla. So Layla's the Layla's our baby of five. We have five kids, and so they go from nine to twenty-two. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. So when I was pregnant with my nine-year-old, can you imagine? They're all like little, sitting around the table, and I'm pretty sure I was having some sort of fast food for dinner. It was like the third night that week. It was terrible. My kids ate more Taco Bell than they did salads when I was pregnant. It's, you know, they made it. They lived. So, um, but I just remember being so tired and I'm sitting at the table and I'm pretty sure we were late for church. And it was a Wednesday night and I'm just like listening to their conversation, trying to get the courage to tell them, can you please hurry and eat so we're not too late? And, um, and so we're just talking, having conversation, and my Hannah leans over to me, and she's little, and she's like, Mom, um, I'm wearing Josiah's underwear. <laughs> I'm like, why are you wearing your brother's underwear? She's like, because that's all that I could find that was clean. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. And then Josiah leans over, and he's like, just go commando. That's what I do. <laughs> and I'm in this moment, and I'm thinking... First of all, my five-year-old knows what commando means, and how come there's no clean underwear in my house? Like, what is happening? And so, like, that was, like, a huge mom fail moment for me. 
But so this morning, I just really want to talk about the friendship that we have with the Holy Spirit. And I want to use another story. And I asked my daughter if I could, um, if I could use her, and she said yes. So there was this time in our lives where we decided to finally take longer than two nights away from our kids. And all of them were born and weaned and all of the things. And, and so it had been years. We were, um, it was our 15-year anniversary, and we had never gone longer than two nights away from our kids. And so I had everything planned. I had all my kids, like, they were staying here for two days, here for 3.4 days, and, and this grandparent can only handle them for, like, two and a half nights. Like, it was like I, was, I had arranged. Five kids is no joke, and arranging that when you're gone for a whole week. And so I remember this time where we get a phone call, and my baby, my princess, my oldest, was a hysterical. And she happened to be at my dad's house, who was the most unprepared for any emotional event at all. It was supposed to be the easiest, like, popcorn candy movies all weekend kind of deal. And then he got stuck with this situation that had happened. So what happened is my daughter, about a week and a half after we're getting home, she's supposed to go to her first freshman homecoming dance. It's a big deal. She's the firstborn. It's the first time. We had everything prepared. And the boy that liked her, and she liked this boy, he was going to take her, and it was going to be wonderful. And we had a dress, and everything was great. And he decided, while I was out of town, like a little punk, he decided that he liked her best friend instead. And her best friend decided that she liked him instead of being friends with her. And so a week before homecoming, while we're out of town, my baby girl's life was devastated. And sometimes we think good friends that stab us in the back are still our friends, and they're not. They're called frenemies. And I want to talk about what real friendship looks like this morning, because real friendship is not somebody that will trade you up for something else. They're not going to trade you in for something better. They're not going to turn their back on you when things get rough or things look greener on the other side. And so I have this situation where I'm dealing with my little princess, and my whole world is invested in my kids. And, and, um, and so I'm completely invested so I'm like about to get off a plane I'm like let me find this little girl you're gonna come at my baby let's go we're gonna have a conversation and um, I didn't really like her anyway so um, I, I was I was gonna um, be saved and then unsaved and then get resaved so there was going to be this like moment in between where the real mom comes out no I didn't say anything to the little girl I just um, didn't ever talk to her again and she was never welcome in my home um, moving on just kidding I want to read this scripture in romance uh, sometimes I think my my dry sense of humor okay Romans 8 I'm going to start in I'm going to start in verse 15. The resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's an adventurous, expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa. God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go exactly 
we go through exactly what Christ goes through, and if we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him too. Amen? Amen. See, sometimes I think we overthink um, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I often look at my relationship with the Holy Spirit as something that I do. It's something that I put on myself. It's, I'm going to speak in tongues today, so that's my work of the Holy Spirit, or I'm going to prophesy today, so I've got to do something through myself, right? But the work of the Holy Spirit is something that is done in us and done through us. He does the work. And so we often, oftentimes, we over-compartmentalize or we over, um, we over-convolate our our relationship with the Holy Spirit when it's just supposed to be relationship and friendship. See, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, um, after the situation with my daughter, um, I was going to I was kind of like in this like, oh, well, look, just the boy still wants to go to homecoming with you, even though he doesn't like you and he wants to date your best friend. It's fine. You have the tickets. You have the matching outfits. You have all of this. Just go with him. And her dad comes in and her dad's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He doesn't love you. He doesn't, well, I mean, obviously he doesn't love her, but he doesn't, he doesn't protect your heart. He doesn't do the right thing by you. He did not honor you. And so sometimes I feel like the things that we do in friendships is we have these these friendships, these things in our lives, these people in our lives, and, and we're like, oh yeah, they're good for us, but we're not willing to allow the Holy Spirit to confront it when it's no longer good in our life. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and make make the things that the set straight the crooked places. And so I just remember thinking. When my husband did that, when my husband stood up for my daughter and he said, absolutely not, you will go with your friend. You will not go with him. I thought, I don't think I've ever had anybody come in my life and do that for me. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does if we allow him to. We open up our heart for him to come and make adjustments when there needs to be adjustments. See, friendship, true friendship, true relationship is able to speak to your heart, is able to stand by you no matter what, is able to um, make adjustments for you, to tell you who you are and whose you are, like the scripture says in Romans. When I understand who Jesus is and the work that he accomplished for me, when I have friendship with the Holy Spirit, anything that goes against him telling me who he is, he will speak against it. See, sometimes God, what he's doing by the work of the Holy Spirit is he's just trying to take things out of our life that don't belong to him. And we call it loss, or we call it, I'm losing this or that, or whatever we decide in our heart to call it, but it's really just the Holy Spirit making adjustments. So I want to talk for just a few minutes about this beautiful picture of Hannah in the Bible. And it's, um, you can really find most of her story in just two chapters. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and in chapter 2. And chapter 1 is a brief, um, like, little testimony of her life. And then chapter 2 is her prayer. And I just want to touch on a couple things about Hannah's life. Um, so she was married. And um, her husband had two wives, her and Penaniah. And Penaniah had lots of kids, and she had none. She was barren. But the Bible says that her husband gave her a double portion because he loved her, even though she was barren. And then the Bible talks about how Penaniah, 
um, the woman that was, I don't know, her sister wife. Anybody watch that show? You know those people are like, live where I used to live? Some, some of my friends are like, oh, I saw them at the store. I used to watch that show, Sister Wives. Nobody in here? Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> don't waste your time. It's like a Mormon guy who has five wives. It's really weird. But so, you know, uh, Hannah's sister wife, Penaniah, um, she used to mock her and she would ridicule her. And you know what Hannah would do? Hannah would go to the presence of the Lord every single time. And I, I really feel like what happens when we understand friendship and partnership with the Holy Spirit is um, we understand that no matter what we go through, he is a refuge and a safe place. And Hannah never got bitter. She never got bitter. You know, um, I remember this pastor, this story of this pastor we know, um, I think he's actually gone on into glory, but he pastored in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he, um, somebody asked him, hey, what's the key to success in ministry, huge ministry, um, and he said, never get bitter. Um, I, I need to hear those words often <laughs> for me, because um, you can take the girl out of the hood, but you can't always take the hood out of the girl, and sometimes, sometimes... I get a little sassy. Um, Jesus loves me, and he loves my sassiness. Um, so what happened, actually, you can watch this on YouTube, but that same pastor who said never get bitter, he was doing like a prayer altar ministry time, and somebody that he was praying for literally punched him in the face on purpose. His nose, in, like he's bleeding, and he keeps praying for people. And not only does he keep praying for people, but the police that come to arrest the man who did that, he didn't want to press charges, and then the cop got saved because of that altercation. And what did you say? Oh, he went to the jail and forgave him, and then the guy that punched him also got saved. That's some Jesus stuff right there. That's some like legit, like, I am going to like turn the other cheek um, kind of deal. Like, he loved him. I mean, the guy obviously um, paid for what he did in going to jail. But so Hannah was provoked. She was gossiped about. She was even mocked. She chose not to get bitter. And I want to tell you why I believe she didn't get bitter. Because I think that she understood what God had planned for her. I think that she knew in her heart. They talk about Hannah as being one of the first female prophets of the Bible. I was reading some commentary because of she prophesied the Messiah if you read her prayer. But um, So I believe that she understood that even though she was barren, she had potential and God had a promise for her to be pregnant with something that was going to shape history. And see, I think what happens is we don't realize that there's things in our lives, if we have friendship with the Holy Spirit, he has a purpose and an intent for us to be pregnant with possibility. But we can't be pregnant with possibility if we don't understand the partnership that we need to have with the Holy Spirit. 
God wants us to remain in a relationship and fellowship with his spirit, not just so we can speak in tongues and have prophetic words and have prophetic insight and pray for people. All of those things are good, but those things are a result of intimacy with the spirit because he tells us who we are and whose we are. And when we understand who we are, we understand that we have all the potential to carry what he's called us to carry. See, I'm talking to a bunch of people in the room and not all of us are actually going to be pregnant in the physical because half of you are male (laughs) and I know we live in a world where that's not necessarily what people say but you have to be a woman to have a baby sorry that I have to say it but part of who I am as a woman says I am the I'm a woman and being able to have a baby is really 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 powerful and even in this situation I'm that we're living in right now in the world where possibilities of things and and life being preserved and and God doing something. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the beautiful power it is for a woman to be able to carry a baby, a life, and produce it. And the enemy has been trying to stop it. We think abortion was created this decade or this season or this generation. No, it's been happening since Jesus and before Jesus it was happening in Moses because Every time God wants to have a deliverer be birthed, the enemy wants to see it and abort it before it can even come to fruition. And you have the possibility to carry something that has purpose. And so sometimes we allow the enemy to abort things because we don't know what our potential is to carry it because we don't have a partnership and a friendship with the Holy Spirit. See, I believe Hannah knew her potential because she had friendship with God. Everybody said she was barren. Her husband, her husband even said, aren't I worth 10 sons? See, nobody can tell you anything when you know what your potential is. Well, isn't this enough? This is not enough because I know my purpose. Well, aren't you okay and satisfied? I am, but it's not enough because I know my purpose. Well, aren't you just going to be content in the mundane without the supernatural? No, you don't understand. I know my purpose. Aren't you okay with people being sick and dying? No, don't you understand? I know my purpose. Aren't you okay with orphans and widows? No, don't you understand? I know my purpose. I believe that her life was marked with a life of devotion. And if you look over and over and you you read the scripture and you let the Holy Spirit reveal to you every single time the enemy came at her through people and circumstances, she went to the feet of Jesus. Every time somebody came at her with, with, um, with the negative things or something opposite of who she was, she went to the altar, to the temple, to the Lord's house. I think when you see a heart of devotion, you see somebody who understands their potential. She fully gave her heart to the Lord. And even after the promise came, even after Samuel came. This is something I think in our hearts, if we got a hold of, it would be transforming for our culture. Even after we get what we've asked for, she still gave it back to Jesus. Even after 
Samuel was born. She said, God, this is yours. You promised me with him. I give him back to you. Sometimes what we have to do as Christians is not just pray into our purpose, but pray our purpose after we get it back to Jesus. It's his anyway. He gave it to us, and we just give it back to him. I want to read Romans 8, 28. It's so good. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, how many get tired in the waiting? How many feel weary sometimes? It's like um, if you have had a baby, you understand it. It's like that last few weeks. You can't sleep. You're in pain all the time. Nothing sounds good. You don't want to do anything. You're just like, please, Lord, take this baby out of my body. However you want to do it, I'm so done. And you have like these moments, these waiting moments. You get a little tired in the waiting. Have you been praying? Have you been pushing? Have you been paused? The moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit, when we have a friendship with God, a friendship with the spirit, God's spirit is alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. Listen, church, he does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of, um, of love for God is worked into something good. See, church, I believe what happens when we're friends with God is he sees our potential even if we're not speaking it, even if we're not saying it, even if we don't have the words. He partners with us. Friendship with God and the Holy Spirit is a partnership to see what God wants to do in and through our lives. His promise is full in here. It says he does the work. He does the partnership. He prays through us. We put all of this stuff on our back like, like oh, I, I have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, so I have to do all of these things. You don't understand relationship with the Holy Spirit is just allowing him to work in you what he's already done in you. He wants to work through you what he's done to you, and that's it. It's just friendship. It's relationship. And in closing, I want to read. Um, I want to read what the, this prophet um, Zach posted. It's it's not a prophet. It's a church father. Thank you. Um, I think we have it. I don't know. But Saint Basil the Great said, "This is how you pray continually." Not by offering your words, your prayer in words, but by joining yourself to God through your whole way of life so that your life becomes one continuous and uninterrupted prayer. See, we, we put all this stuff on us. Like, I have to, I've got to work this, I've got to, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, let me just manifest them if the gift is love and the fruit is love it all stems from the relationship that he has originated he did it it's not 
It's not Rochelle prophesying and Rochelle doing all of these things. It's the work of the Spirit inside of me and me allowing Him to do whatever He wants to do. I, I get out of this box of control. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I, uh, I really, really like things to be done the way I want them to be done. A towel should be folded half, half thirds, not any other way. Some of you moms understand what I'm saying. If it's in the shelf better, it looks prettier, half, half thirds, any other way is lazy and it's not appropriate, okay? So I have this box of control. And sometimes my box of control even limits what God wants to do through me. Sometimes we're not seeing the manifestations of what God wants to do because we've limited him in this box and because he loves us and he is a gentleman. Sometimes, like Zach said in transition, he wants to break our boxes open. He wants to break it open, but he's a gentleman. Sometimes he'll walk through our walls and sometimes he'll let us stay in control. And that's scary. I control the way I want things to be done. God, you have 10 minutes on a Sunday to really, really, really do what you want to do. The time between worship and all the transition, make sure we get dismissed on time. And, and those are good. They're good things. They're good. It's, it's a good structure. But how many know when you let go what God wants to do? He wants to break it open. And he wants us to be like Hannah. Everything is yours, God. Whether I'm barren or whether I'm fruitful, whether I see the promises now or whether I don't, I will worship you anyway because I know my potential of what you want me to carry. Romans 8, 39 says, none of this phases us because Jesus loves it us. I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. See, his love for us is so good that he wants friendship. He wants relationship. And the way that he is our friend is the way that I will never go behind my own daughter's back and try to snake her boyfriend. Obviously, it's weird, but it's also the way her father said, absolutely not. You will not go to homecoming with him. Both our friendship and understanding that God is for you and he is with you, but he is also willing to challenge the things that challenge your potential. See, that's relationship. That's friendship. God, I want the kind of friendship with you, the kind that calls the gold out of me, the kind that calls the potential out of me, the kind of friendship that 
that says, this is who you are, Rochelle. This is who you are. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. But this is who you are. And you have potential and purpose to be pregnant with all the possibility of heaven. So Father, right now, in this moment, I pray as your people, we would open up a relationship and a friendship with your spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask for forgiveness if we've ever been offended, if we've ever limited, if we've ever hid from you. We want friendship with you, Spirit of God. Intimacy and friendship. And I pray as your people, we would learn to be people that just sit at your feet and go to you when we have nothing else. No one else. In Jesus' name. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.